Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Nedian, and today I have Dan Burkhardt. He is the founder and CEO of The Better Menu. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Christopher. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being on. I am so excited to have this great conversation with you, obviously about entrepreneurship, about everything you're doing with your business, but as well about food. And everything has to do with that. You're the first guest that I have on the show that you are a CEO that has to do with something with food. So we're going to geek out a lot within that. But before doing so, please tell me a bit more about who you are. What do you do? I just gave you a brief introduction. Just unpack that a bit more for our listeners and our viewers. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if anyone out there is hungry, you might want to go grab a snack because you know some of the stuff we're going to talk about. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I'm Dan Burkhard. I am the founder of The Better Menu. In a past life, I was in corporate sales for a Fortune 500 company working with banks. Very exciting, I'm sure, um, for a lot of your listeners. But um, I left the corporate world in 2019 and moved to Nashville with my wife. And at the time, I didn't really have a plan. We loved Nashville as a city. We loved the culinary and bar scene here. And I was like, I just burned myself out really in the corporate world. And I was like, I need a change of pace and, and sort of change of life right now. And so I'm like, let's just start a brand around the amazing food in Nashville, Tennessee. So we launched an Instagram page called Wicked Tasty, and we started with zero followers. And in 20, from 2019 to today, we've grown into over 13,000 followers. In between then and now, COVID hit, totally changed the restaurant landscape and the restaurant world. Um, when restaurants started reopening in May-ish of 2020, a lot of them are going to those QR code menus. So I'm sure you've seen that um, when you've gone out to eat. Um, something that really frustrated with me about those is that they were definitely not guest-friendly or user-friendly. Putting a PDF file on a phone screen just is not optimal. From our Instagram page, we understand the power that pictures of food has on a person's desire and interest in, in ordering or eating something. So we're like, why don't we take those photos that all these restaurants already are using on their Instagram page and put them on their menu and make a picture-based menu. So that's where the better menu was born. And um, we've gone through different iterations of names and, and platforms at that time, but um, we are in full scale mode right now to really get off the ground and get this to our first uh, funding round. Okay. So a lot of things to unpack there. I love the way that you approached and you look at food and you did mention you have your Instagram and that is something I want to uh, unpack and I'm going to listen. I'm going to invite all the viewers and uh, uh, the listeners to go check it out because when I was looking at it, the best way I could describe it, which I never thought I would say this word on my podcast, but it is like food porn. <laughs> Legit when you look at it and you kind of alluded to it, like, hey, if you guys look at that, like make sure you have eaten because you're going to really be hungry. And I'm a foodie as well, even though I'm somebody that's like, like very like strategic and I approach my food in a specific way. It's counted calorie wise and all that fun stuff. 
I still love food. I come from Armenian background. Everything is to do with food. So the way that it's put in the, the app, I'm like, it makes perfect sense. Furthermore, you alluded to something, and I don't know if you have the stats to this. When I go and I'm ordering something to a restaurant, especially a restaurant I've never been at, it frustrates me when there's no pictures of the food. Now, granted, if you're going to like a a thin cuisine French restaurant or whatever, and it's like you kind of expect that, but I feel like most of them should have those pictures involved. Now, is that something that you're seeing a better sales ratio? Because you did mention within your business or what I researched that it helps them market their business better. So the like the the restaurant owners. So my question to you is by switching it instead of having more words and having more involved pictures, does that help the sales of that restaurant? Even though the client is there and he's going to buy, how does that help their sales? Do they buy more? Do they come back? What do you think about that? Yeah, um, 100% it helps the sales. We are still trying to normalize and put a specific number um, on the data that we're getting back from our partners, but it's anywhere in the 10 to 30% range that it could boost your sales. So just having pictures of your awesome food definitely boosts sales. Um, And then we do a bunch of other things with our platform too, from like a data side um, and a menu engineering side that we're able to sort of layer some of that information and strategically work with our restaurants to further enhance their menu offerings um, and really make it a tool that they can use to to sell more food. Um, And I'll also caveat that with every time we talk to a guest, you know, about using our platform, the experience is positive. Well, I'm not going to say every time. There's going to always be people who just are like, I don't want digital menus. So, but, you know, four out of five times we talk to a guest, they have a positive experience and ordering more food or spending more money at the restaurant is never an issue. People are willing to pay more for a better experience, especially if they know the experience that they're about to get. So it's a win for everyone involved, both the restaurants and their guests. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Now, talk to me a bit about like the relationship because you kind of went towards going to Tennessee, the the food scene over there, and you're kind of mm-hmm. having fun. And then COVID hit, and then you thought of this business. Did this aspect of like the business is still being open or closed? Did that inflict anything on your side of the sales, or it was actually very much in the beginning? So there wasn't sales involved within your business yet, and you were just preparing the framework to when things open up, you'll be able to upsell it and really sell it to your customers? Yeah. So yes and no. So right before COVID, like literally um, the end of February, I created a business that was going to do photography, videography, and marketing for restaurants. And we like got the LLC. We had our business plan. We had everything ready to go to, to really launch that. And then COVID hit. And so we're like, we have to throw that that business plan out the window because right now no restaurants are spending money on marketing. They're just trying to figure out how they keep the lights on, how they keep their staff employed, you know, how they basically keep their business alive. Um, so that's when when we were like, we need to figure out a way to iterate this and turn it into something that we can um, you know, present as a solution to help restaurants through this time. So it definitely stunted um that that kind of business plan, but it actually led us to this business plan, which has way bigger scale potential and is something that we're able to, you know, not only help restaurants get through that tough time, but now use it as a tool to really ramp up as things are starting to get back to normal. Nice. I love that. I love that. the way that you kind of looked at it and just very entrepreneurial, like, all right, cool. We have to pivot and look at a way still being true to your desire of working Mm -hmm. in the food industry and all that, especially coming from the corporate world and you having a, a desire for that. Now, what are some of the the hurdles that you have faced 
as growing this, this business. And the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, we always talk about like the successes of entrepreneurs and it's fairly obvious that you're successful in whatever you've created so far, but there's a lot to learn with certain failures and especially in the beginning with COVID and all that stuff. What are some of the failures or um, let's just change word fails. What are some of the obstacles that you're facing right now within your business and how do you go about fixing those obstacles to make them into a potential opportunity and so on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we've faced a bunch of obstacles and continue to face a bunch of obstacles. And like some of them were definitely self-inflicted. So like some of the self-inflicted ones were just kind of around our messaging and how we are positioning ourselves in the market. So, um, you know, I didn't have a background in copy or content creation before we started doing any of this. And just like little things about how we were positioning ourselves, like kind of how we were delivering to potential prospects or, or potential partners, like how we're able to solve challenges for them. Um, there was a huge learning curve there um, kind of on positioning a brand new product and how to get restaurants to buy in. And, you know, something else that we've faced this challenge within this industry specifically is the independent restaurant community who we built this for um, is very resistant to change. You know, it's, <laughs> they've done it their way for so long um, that it's very tough for them to see a need to change because things have been going so well for so long up until COVID. Um, And then COVID sort of was just like a thing that hit the entire industry. So, you know, that's been a challenge too, is trying to figure out how to navigate that landscape of being able to tell these chefs and these restaurateurs, like you guys keep doing what you're always done a great job at, like continue to provide fantastic service, continue to make epic food, continue to make delicious cocktails. Let us come in and be your partners to help you really showcase what makes you unique provide your guests with a very good um, technological in-house experience because that is the way the world is going. You, I don't know the last time I walked into a Starbucks and pulled out a credit card. Everything is done with my mobile phone now. These big chains have been using and incorporating technology in a very seamless way for years. And it's just trying to figure out how to navigate those conversations to get restaurants over the hurdle to say, hey, this is something you guys can do too. Tech doesn't have to be scary. We built these tools for you guys to make this super simple so you can really focus in on what it is that you do. Okay. I love that. I love that. And it makes perfect sense. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like before the food industry was a bit more uh, lenient or not necessarily open to the idea of change because certain things are I've done for so long. But like you mentioned, I think COVID made it that it was inevitable. And that one mm-hmm. industry completely changed. If you just look at all like the, the door dashes of this world, mm-hmm. the Uber Eats of this world, they have to evolve. And I think you guys coming in is a very interesting time. And let's unpack a bit more your uh, uh, product in itself. And just, just clarify this, because I really want to see what is the, like the high level of ROI within your product for a restaurateur. So you're going to create the online uh, menu. So people potentially mm-hmm. will go to this restaurant, not have a menu. What's different than a standard app that they would create or even that PDF. Now, granted, the PDF is extremely non, like, non-interactive. You would have to zoom and it's not clear. Is it a way that you could even order through your app? Is that a possibility? Like, it, like how is, t- talk to me a bit more about like, what are we like changing the industry and within the app that you're creating? Yeah, so we're not there yet, but there's, we have, a huge roadmap of different directions we could take that and incorporating ordering um, into it is definitely a possibility. But, you know, really what we wanted to do and and sort of 
what our this first step is is to literally do what our business name is is create a better menu so it's really about creating a better menu experience for guests so before you go to a restaurant christopher i'm sure you go online and google a restaurant mm-hmm. um the thing is most people are doing that from a mobile device now so you know to try to figure out their menu on a mobile device, even if they're not using a QR menu in house, like it's just not a good user experience. So you're able to see those photos beforehand. So for restaurants, that means if someone's comparing restaurant A and restaurant B and you're restaurant A and you have photos and restaurant B doesn't, they're going to choose restaurant A 10 times more likely than restaurant B. Right. So, 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 so that's, that's really kind of like the core of, of what we're doing at this point. Um, and we also, the way I, I envision our company and our place in the marketplace. So I like to say restaurants, it's important to set a guest expectations before, during, and after their, their, their meal. I'm sure you've had this before. I'm sure everyone listening has said this before. That meal was good, but I would never go back again. Why do people say that? They say that because their expectations were out of line with the experience that was delivered. Even if it was a fantastic experience, if they were expecting something different, it's gonna be a letdown even at a subconscious level. So we wanna partner with restaurants to help them understand how to set those expectations before, during, and during, the big part of the the during is using photo menus. um, So you know exactly what your dish is gonna look like, your drink's gonna look like, and then after. So that's that's sort of where we're positioning ourselves and we see ourselves helping the industry at this point. Okay, that's really cool. So you kind of alluded to something that I saw like, oh yeah, I would actually do this and saw a need. So essentially if your app, imagine it's one specific app and it has a bunch of different restaurants, local restaurants that are there, even before going there, you have access to their full menu and it's all in mm-hmm. one place instead of going on Google, typing in the mm-hmm. name of each of their things. It just makes it more user-friendly. And yeah, so I guess that is a high level of marketing, essentially. You're using the food to get marketed, mm-hmm. the, the, the desire of that person walking in. That makes perfect sense. Uh, Dan, if you permit, let, let's kind of take a step away from the app in itself and let's geek out about the food aspect. So let's first and foremost, yeah, you're like, I want to know what attracted you to go into the food industry. Uh, Cause you did say you were in a corporate world. Have you always been a foodie? What's your favorite food? Like talk to me a bit about like that aspect. And then as well, I'm asking like three questions, but I'm sure you're going to handle it. How do you go about framing that in a picture that the food is like everything that, a person desires, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, how do you, how do you make a picture of a food look so effing good within the, the picture in itself? So three questions to that part. So let's, let's unpack that together. Well, I'll, I'll knock out the photography question first. Cause I was a little more technical. So for anyone out there who wants to post a, an awesome photo that makes all your friends jealous, really the best tip I can give you to a, a few tips here. One natural lighting always is better than like kind of fake artificial yellow lighting. Um, and two, shoot it at eye level. So, you know, don't shoot your burger from the top down because uh, then you're just getting the bun. You want to shoot it right there, that sexy shot. Like you're just about to bring it to your face. You want to shoot everything at eye level. So, you know, that's really what we, what I always say is like, when you want to make people smell water, like that's how you shoot the food and it, and it works. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have definitely not always been a foodie. Um, my parents can attest to this growing up. Like we I ate a very bland diet. They couldn't get me to eat vegetables. They couldn't basically couldn't get me to eat anything besides like chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Um, you know, 
any anything that I couldn't pronounce or I didn't know what it was, I definitely wasn't eating it. Um, kind of came out of my shell a little bit on that front during college, but still had a very basic diet. But it was actually when I started traveling for work in the corporate world that I started to experience more food. I was traveling to all these great cities across the country, mm-hmm. getting to try different local cuisines and stuff like that. So that's really where sort of my love for eating um, and getting to experience different cultures via food came into play. Um, and Nashville is just has such an amazing community down here of chefs that do everything from, you know, Indian food to pizza to burgers, obviously barbecue and Nashville hot chicken. But but yeah, like that, that's what made me fall in love with this city specifically. It was just the diversity in the food space and just how many amazing, passionate chefs and entrepreneurs there are building this little foodie community here in town. Okay. So, I mean, that sounds amazing. And I've never been in Nashville, definitely on my bucket list and uh, God willing soon enough, I'll go and I'll, and I'll test it out. Uh, but I'm actually from Montreal, Canada. I don't know if you've ever been, but we have a very solid uh, food culture, just mm-hmm. to the fact that we have a lot of immigrants here, Italians, Armenians, Greeks, whatever the case is. And when there is that big, uh, uh, you know, melting pot of individuals, they come with their culture and their food, and it becomes very interesting in that regards. So my question to you with all of this, what is your favorite type of food? Like, what is your favorite? Like, like, do you like Italian? Do you like American? Do you like Tex-Mex? Like, what's your, what's your go-to if I ask you, like, this is my, my thing? If I had to eat one cuisine type for the rest of my life, it'd probably be Italian because I love pasta and I love pizza. Yeah, I mean, so. geez, you can't go wrong with that, right? <laughs> Let's go carve it up. You can't go wrong with mm-hmm. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a couple of more food questions then we'll kind of go back to the entrepreneur stuff. So rolling off that, the, the back of that, being a foodie, if you would have to pick, pick one single food that you have to eat for the rest of your life, and you would have to think about to make it that like, it makes sense. Like, hey, if I want to eat M&Ms the rest of your life, I'm probably not the best macronutrient <laughs> level of it. So just food for thought, you could pick M&Ms. That's a great choice as well. But like, what would that one food be that's going to hit essentially all the marks that you like and as well has a great balance within the macronutrients with your fat, uh, carb, and uh, protein level of it? I mean, one of my other favorite foods, which isn't Italian, is burgers and I feel like or a sandwich you know a burger or a sandwich because because you can definitely do a lot of different fun things with with either of those like you know if you are talking like a food group like it would be like a sandwich right like yeah if it was one specific sandwich maybe I don't don't even know like a turkey club or something like that you know okay with with avocado (laughs) on it you know and I love that I love that yeah it's it's best see I would answer to that egg just like egg. an egg. Yeah. If I would have to eat just one thing for the rest of my life, it would be egg because it would be perfectly balanced. And I thoroughly love eggs. And there's a lot of different ways that you can make eggs from omelets to boil to this, to that, to like easy over. So yeah, that that's that answer. So well, I'll change, I'll change my answer then. Cause, um, I heard this and I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that a banana is the only food in the world that you could eat. Like just it's the only thing you could consume and you could live. Cause it has like, um, of the water contents in it and stuff like that like you could just eat bananas and not drink water or anything else and and live and it has all the nutrients you need That's oh wow but there there isn't a there isn't high levels of protein in banana it's it's high in fiber gluco but man okay i'm gonna look into that i'm really good that's really interesting if you I could eat a just, banana i might have just lied but 
I no, no, no. I mean, so. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I'm going to, whoever is like listening to this, research it, let us know in the comments down below. I'm definitely going to do the same thing as well. But yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be bad. Bananas are great. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan, so my next question to you is, what are some of the routines that you do on a daily level to be high performing? Because this is the Peak Performance Greatness Show. And I truly do believe everybody has high levels of performance. And to do so, they unlock it with their habits, rituals, methodologies, and so on. So what are some of the rituals that you do on a daily basis to be able to run your business and to grow it to the levels that you want? Yeah, um, that's actually been something that's becoming more and more critical for me recently as we're starting to scale up and my calendar is getting so busy is mm-hmm. just really being judicious about scheduling out my time and scheduling out my days. Mm-hmm. I I don't do as good of a job, and I'll, I'll admit this here on the podcast, I don't do as good of a job as I probably can from a nutritional standpoint and from an exercise standpoint but from kind of like a mental health standpoint and making sure that my work gets done, um, I always try to schedule in my time to, to get all my tasks done. So I think that's, for me, like, it's just having a rigid schedule with making sure I'm able to accomplish all the tasks I need within a day. Um, I love that. It's, it's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, that's actually something that I, I work quite uh, intensively with my clients and many of the things that they love is exactly that. And the aspect of just utilizing certain tools like a Google calendar is a mm-hmm. game changer. Structuring certain things that are repetitive, like every single week mm-hmm. from this time to this time, usually I do prospecting this, that, and the other. It yeah. helps you yeah. out to you put your gym time and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite quotes uh, by... Uh, uh, I, I forgot by, by who it's called. Give me a second. So essentially the, the quote is, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Benjamin yeah. Franklin, there you go. Mm-hmm. So if you have to put it on paper, you have to put it on a structure to follow it and keep through on it. So I, I love the fact that you're kind of telling us that and reminding us that if you want to succeed, you have to plan those things, especially if you're, if you're growing your business is becoming more and more uh, busy in that regard. So, okay. Yeah. I, I have a couple of last questions before I kind of uh, let you go here. Cause I do want to be respectful for your time. What is, because you're a foodie, what is your favorite food movie? Food movie? Yeah, that's left field, but I really want to know what is your top one, because I, I have a couple that I really love. What's that food? I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there's that movie where uh, Seth Rogen is like a vegetable. It's like a cartoon movie. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I'm talking about? Is, is it, it, yeah, isn't he a hot dog? Yeah, he's a hot dog. That's okay. Hot dog. That's, yeah. yeah, like it's it's a very like naughty like swear movie and all yeah. that stuff. Well, I did not expect you were gonna say that. I thought you were gonna say like burn with like a like a classic like food movie or chef with a Favreau or something like that. That was out of left field. I, I really appreciate that. So so then, I mean, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for, for being with us. But before I let you go, where's the best place to contact you, to get in touch with you, to connect with you? If anybody that's like listening right now and has a restaurant or, uh, you know, wants to get to your, know your product a bit more, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So I tell everyone literally the best way to reach out to me is just directly through my Instagram page at Wicked Tasty. Just shoot me a direct message there. Um, or if you have specific questions about the Better Menu platform, um, you can also go to the bettermenu.com, just one string of text, the bettermenu.com, and there'll be a link in there to set up some time on my Calendly uh, so you guys can 
we could schedule a call to talk, but, uh, but yeah, check out our Instagram at like a tasty. And if you want more information on the better menu platform, it's the better I love that. And before, before we just get wrap up over here, just to be sure you do work with people that are out of, uh, uh, Nashville as well. Right. Yeah, that's, okay. that is the, we are in scale mode. We're starting to okay, cool. regionalize so, and move out. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight that because we did talk about Nashville. So if you're anywhere uh, in, I'm guessing in the States and North America, whatever the case is, reach out to uh, Dan. Everything that you mentioned will be in the show notes below. Dan, thank you very much for being here. And I'm really looking forward to using your product and just eating some more amazing food, finding it through your app. Yeah, if you ever make it down to Nashville, let me know and we'll break that uh that regimented diet and I'll take you out to some really great spots. <laughs> Listen, I do break my diet up actually quite often. I'm just very structured like Monday to Friday, but I am not afraid to, you know, enjoy a good meal or a good like cheap meal. So I'll I'll definitely take you up on that. Awesome. Thanks Christopher for having me on. No problem. Have a great one. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.